0: With the City Business Advantage Platinum Select World Mastercard, you can turn staplers and more into a new adventure. When you earn American Airlines Advantage Miles on all your business purchases, from office supplies to airline tickets to car rentals, find out more at city.com/fly. of radio.
1: Good, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, and that means it's time for the art of the CEO. The show for people who enjoy the challenge of business and who want to do it a little better. I'm your host, Bart Jackson, the Hieronymous Bosch of business. <laughs> and whether you're a chair of the National Black Chamber trying to bootstrap new business ventures like John, or an innovative attorney dedicated to relaunching bankrupt firms like Mo, we're here to bring you the sage Council of business masters to help your career and your ventures. Now every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, The Art of the CEO streams magically through the very misunderstood realms of cyberspace, and uh, but you may visit uh, and download this and all our uh, shows by coming into BlogTalkRadio.com/slash/The Art of the CEO. That's blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. We invite you to visit and explore for your benefit. And today's episode is entitled Seducing Better Communication from Your Team. Yes, today we're going to put your leadership to the test to discuss how you can not only communicate better yourself, but how you as a leader may encourage and train better interaction among the whole team. And because the stars are indeed lining up for us, This is uh, the very show we have, Mr. Matt Abrahams, beside us, and he is the founder of Bold Echo Communication Solutions. He is a professor at Stanford University School of Business, and he is the author of How to Speak Up Without Freaking Out, 50 Techniques for Calm, Confident Presenting. Sorry. And so... Before we whip up the pot of communicatory glue for the whole team, let's take just a moment out there and supply everyone with a few utensils for today's Feast of Wisdom. First, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. Now, that's the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, So let me ask you, will this be the day that you find heaven in a grain of sand? That is, pause and stare into the magnificent complexities of nature and put yourself in perspective? Or will you continue to place your petty distractions and annoyances at the center of your universe? The choice is truly yours. And the second utensil, it is time to dip into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from 101 Best Business Quips book. So let me pull it out here. Here we go. Okay, okay. This is this is forty one. This is forty one. Having printers ink in your veins was once an old journalist compliment, but today having toner in your vein means alas, your life will run out far too soon. So as an afterthought, uh just let me say that so many of today's products are designed for continued repurchasing replenishment. And that provides the maker with an assured Uh, steady income stream very nice but if you want to bet on some better profits why not try building a little competitive durability into your product and watch your clients smile. Now as a third utensil uh, perhaps we should call today's uh, utensil the conversation prod Right now, we're going to give you the answers to last week's business quotation. Now, today, before we leave there, we'll broadcast another quotation, and we invite you to email us the name of the author as you believe him or her to be. Simply write down the name and mail it to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if you're right, we will send you a marvelous, life-changing gift, ripped freshly from the dungeons of the Barts Books bookstore. So, the author of last week's quote, that is the individual who said, A corporation is an ingenious device for obtaining individual profit without individual responsibility, was the Devil's Dictionary author, Mr. Ambrose Pierce. So now, let us dig into today's Feast of Wisdom and meet the man who's going to tell us how to induce, traduce, seduce, and draw out better communications from your team, Mr. Matt Abrahams. Matt, how are you doing today?
0: I am doing great, Bart. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about our conversation.
1: Oh, as am I, as am I. I think it's going to be fun. And I've got to say, right from the very start, you really have caught the, the, the spirit of our fears with the title of your latest book, How to Speak Up without freaking out. I, I love that, sadly, too, true title. But so, so what's the deal here? Why is all the anxiety? Why, why do competent business people with a, facing a three-minute speech
0: end up on Prozac? What's going on? Well, the reality is whenever we are up in front of people, be it in a big keynote presentation or even in front of a small team, you know we are putting our credibility, our status at risk, and that's very uh-huh. threatening people. People are Uh going to evaluate what we do in the moment and the consequences of what we do in the future, and that is very nerve-wracking for us. You know, our body responds to that threat much like it would respond to a physical threat. If somebody were about to pounce Uh upon us, the same type of response happens.
1: I guess we do sort of feel as if everyone everyone in the audience, whether they're in their underwear or not, is about ready to pounce on us. And... uh, I've got to tell you, Matt, communication, though, just, just generally, has become a lot more than a buzzword. Uh, better communication seems to be on every manager's list of really solid goals. It's something they all want. And I'm wondering, is this just today's new idea, or is, is there something reflecting out there? Uh, are there some really new, some real changes in business going on?
0: So I think the undercurrent of the need for communication has always been there. What I think has changed is the technology available to us, the dispersion of how the workforce works and, and where people live. You know, the focus on really maintaining connection through communication has become much, much more important. No longer do you drive to an office building where everybody in the office uh, make up your workforce. Now your workforce right. is dispersed globally and. Uh, the time zone is different, the the uh, background culture of the people you're working with is different, so the importance of communication has absolutely become more uh, magnified. It's not that it, it, it's new. it's just its mm-hmm. importance has been magnified. I say,
1: I, I remember you said something I really, I really love when we talked. you said, people are
0: all, they're thinking of our work, not my work. Is that right? Right, absolutely. So it's all about collaborative effort. And and Mm. the tools and technology and approach of the younger workforce is really all focused on collaboration. And the main currency of collaboration is communication. It's how it is transacted. And and that's why we're looking at it uh, as, as magnified as we are in our talk today, but in the business world in general. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, now, you are a professor at the Stanford University School of Business, and would you say that our our new generation of business leaders, these students, do they see the value in solid communication uh, in this sort of, I guess, collaborative business ethos?
0: Absolutely, they do. In fact, the the courses that I teach were brought into existence by the demands of recent alums. When asked, uh-huh. you know, what you wish you would have learned that you didn't now that you've been out uh, from the Graduate School of Business for a few years? And one of the, the top, if, if not the top, response was a better appreciation of, of the role of communication and the skills to do it more strategically and effectively. And the courses that I teach uh, were born out of that request. Now, the students uh-huh. that I see in my classes, and my classes yeah. are, are, are often oversubscribed, they really understand the value of what communication brings to them oh
1: okay so so we are we're making a change and it sounds like it's we are for once changing with the times and not not dragging behind. thank heavens uh as they say in Britain, it's about bloody time uh <laughs> Matt, now now you uh you you teach at uh, your professor, but you also are very much with a foot in the real business world. And I'm thinking that the company, the the organization, they they're the ones who are generating a lot of the speech anxiety themselves. So what are some of the ways that you see that a corporation, the the, the business uh the organization, how can they set an atmosphere that's a little more idea friendly and a little more communication friendly? Any idea on that?
0: Uh, Sure. To begin, I I think you're right in that the consequences of communication are very company and corporate specific, and and Mm -hmm. that's what drives people's anxiety. And there are things that companies can do to help people manage that anxiety and and help Uh it it abate a bit. So I like to talk about establishing a culture of confidence. And Mm -hmm. in a culture Mm -hmm. of confidence, you're empowering individuals to speak authentically, to collaborate in real time in a creative way, and you're really reinforcing the value of communication. How do you do this? There are lots of things you can do. Not okay. only do you include it in your mission and vision of the company, but your yeah. executive, they demonstrate this, they model that behavior. The human resources department, working with management, makes sure that as part of people's performance reviews or opportunities wow. that they get that communication uh, reigns a, a central role in that and that people are, are given the opportunities to learn those skills, hone those skills, be measured on those skills, and get feedback on those skills. So it it's really has to be built into the company's way of operating. And when it does get built in, you see tremendous, tremendous improvement in efficiency, in, rela- in relationship satisfaction, job satisfaction, wow. When communication is part of the culture, it really does change the way people work. Well, I'll bet.
1: Well, now, Matt, I've I've got my own company, and uh, I come up, uh, every time we have a meeting, I tell everybody what I want done. I tell them what to do, and I tell them over and over and over again every time. Uh, How am I doing? I got that right?
0: (laughs) Well, I think what you've got there is a recipe for frustration. Uh, Ah. not only in in yourself, (laughs) but I think perhaps in in some of the employees you speak with. You know, collaboration is really about shared control. And communication, Ah. as I said, forms the currency of that. So if you can perhaps uh, work with your employees to negotiate what needs to be done, to allow them input and access to information, then they, working in concert with you, can come to the very directives that you have in mind. So it takes a change in mindset. It takes a change in approach. But once you do that, uh, again, it will change the way you work with your employees and they relate with you.
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'd I'd like to uh, just point out now that uh, Matt has spoken a timeless truth, and so I'd like to take some time out and call this a quill pen moment. Matt has said that we are talking about shared communication as shared control. We need to give the atmosphere and make it real that people share the control of the communication and thus the organization, and if you can do that. So I'd like you all to dip your pens in the inkwell and jot that down and then take up the more difficult task of trying to live it. And uh, now, Matt, in in um, your book, and when when we when you've talked before, I know uh, you you talk about three sort of arenas of business uh, communication. One is the formal presentation; you know, where you stand at the podium, and the other is the spontaneous uh, speech between colleagues, the, the chatter over the uh, water cooler and bagels, and all all the stuff. But the third is the team meeting, where we're all sitting down. And the leaders acting as a a really a facilitator for the members' ideas, and and I like to talk about this this third arena for a moment. Even before we sit down, but before we get to that meeting, how can the leaders shape the environment, shape, get the right protocols, sort of the the good aura that's going to spark communication? What's he need to do?
0: Well, a leader can do several things to help make the meetings or the facilitated interactions go more smoothly uh-huh. first you you need to set a, a an example and an, expert, an expectation that meetings are where things get done meetings are not uh, simply about reporting out and and detailing yeah, what, yeah. what you've done it's really about doing not what has been done that's the first step to helping with oh, with effective thank meetings heaven. thanks for sharing what you Well, part of what you're welcome, but part of what you also do in service of that goal is you send out agendas in advance so people understand what's expected of them, what will happen, who owns what piece. And again, this is where collaboration comes in. If it's your meeting, it doesn't mean you have to run all of it, it means being (laughs) judicious about who you invite. Not everybody has to go to every meeting. And then what I think is really the kicker to helping bring meetings to make them more collaborative and to facilitate them more easily has to do with, in that agenda, questions that you want your participants to be thinking about and come to the meeting with answers for such that you can hit the ground running. If you give people free work, they'll actually think in advance, and then they can come ready to, to act. So those those are just some of many techniques that a facilitator uh, or leader can do to help make their meeting more productive and dare I say enjoyable.
1: <laughs> yes, oh, I'm I really I'm really glad you said that because it's people. The, this, I've always felt that a meeting has two things. First of all, it gives you a chance to show off your marvelous self, but three, it also allows you to position your your. Into what you want to do next and do it well. And I, I love the the collaborative ideas that you that you just put out there. I I, I bet that in your time you have witnessed some leaders uh, who have stood up at meetings and really really inspired uh, collaborative communication. And I've probably seen one or two who made some immense blunders. I was just wondering if you would care to share a story about either one of those.
0: Uh, I can share a story about both. So uh, oh okay, date, well give us give us uh, one I've, and then the other. So recently I was brought in to help an executive who uh, is is a very polished speaker, very, very confident and authentic when he presents. But unfortunately, when he runs meetings, he gets caught up in defensiveness. And when somebody challenges an idea or a direction of his, he he gets emotional. And and I would say on a good day, I would define it as disparaging. On a bad day, I would call it berating. (laughs) And that certainly (laughs) goes against collaboration. You know, you want people to be able to share their opinions and even their emotions, but you want to do it in a way that it's constructive. And and in this particular case, it was destructive, and and we're working to to remedy that. I'll share another example. This comes from a a long time ago, before I was an academic and a consultant. I I worked in high tech, and and I had a wonderful boss, and Uh she just did an amazing job of making sure that everybody felt like they were supposed to be in the meeting. You were there mm-hmm. for a reason. Your your uh-huh. input was valued, and and it would be things that would happen in the room. Just taking the time uh-huh. to, for example, paraphrase a contribution, or link uh-huh. something Good that point. one person said to something else. And even mm-hmm. more importantly, after the meeting, there would be follow up that would uh-huh. reward or, or compliment some kind of action and and. Her approach was just uh, very inviting, and and I would say the meetings were just incredibly effective. And and many times I would look forward to to going to those meetings, which which is not always the case with other companies I used to work for.
1: Heaven knows, yes. Oh, I, I'm glad you you gave that good example and the idea of pigging backing and paraphrasing, and then praise afterwards. So it's a marvelous trifecta of making a meeting run well. Uh, Now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Art of the CEO radio show streaming live from blogtalkradio.com and alas we have come to the midpoint of today's feast of wisdom so let us take for a moment a brief sorbet it's time for me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today and that firm is prometheus publishing creator of among many other things bart's books ultimate business Guides, and you may visit uh BartsBooks.com, that's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, and explore a wide wealth of some very practical wisdom from business masters. And today, um, I hear coming down the pike that Prometheus uh, invites all of us to come visit their bookstore and take a look at Behind Every Successful Woman is Herself. Now, this is Hmm. a career and business boosting guide that includes expertise from really topic top women and men executives from around the world so uh, we invite you to visit bartsbooks.com and browse the bookstore and why not get a copy of behind every successful woman is herself for that world beating lady who is just on her way out graduation's door and into the terrifying and excitingly dazzling world of business anyway ladies and gentlemen And those merry souls whose work fatigue dies are gazing into ever, ever coming closer vacations. We're back with the Art of the CEO radio show on blogtalkradio.com and our guide to better communication, Mr. Matt Abrahams. Now, Matt, um, what about writing? Uh, In in between all our spoken communications, we now blend in – uh, a fair amount of writing, and I think most of us uh, write so darn much we, we don't even think about it, and frankly, Scarlett, that's the trouble. Uh, have you got any good tips for communication and writing? Uh, thoughts from Minkwell?
0: So, to me, writing and speaking are very similar when it comes to tips that I would give. Huh. Okay. It, uh, let, me give, let me give a few uh, suggestions. First, okay. it, your job as a communicator, I don't care if it's written or spoken, is to be in service of your audience. It's about what your audience needs to get from you. It's not about what you want to say. It's about what they need to hear or read. And that Mm -hmm. sounds like verbal jujitsu. I'm just moving words around. But it is a fundamentally different approach to the way we we, we approach our communication. We need to think about what our audience needs. So the very first step is to understand your audience, what is their knowledge level on your topic, what are their expectations. You know, when it comes to speaking or writing, people have read memos before. They've read emails before. If it's speaking, they've heard sales pitches before. They come to it with expectations, and you have to decide if you want to conform to those expectations or deviate from them. So it's about Mm -hmm. knowledge. It's about their expectations, their attitudes. Are they in favor, Uh against, agnostic? So you think about those first. Once you understand right. the needs of your audience and you begin to structure your message, it needs to be structured in a way that's easy for your, under- your audience to understand. And by that, I don't mean you dumb it down. I mean mm-hmm. you make it so it sets their expectations.
1: There's a tremendous right.
0: amount of research that says information when conveyed in a structure is easier mm-hmm. for the audience to remember. You know, Bart, yeah, you and I yeah, are You and I are old enough to remember phone numbers. You know, my kids today, Uh they uh they don't know phone numbers. They just push a button and somebody starts talking. You know, recalling 10 digits is hard to do. And how did we do it? We put it in a structure. We had three-digit area code, three-digit prefix, then the number. That structure helped us remember it. So you first need to understand your audience. And then second, you need to understand uh, what's the best structure to communicate your message Mm. for that audience. And that applies to writing as well as
1: that's that's a very good thought and i and i I love your example of the phone number because if you gave me ten numbers to remember, I couldn't do it, but uh hosts of phone numbers float through this very weary skull and mm-hmm. now i I think it's really great to be a communication leader, but if I'm gonna be the captain i I really better know how to play this sport, so um uh, when I'm personally trying to communicate. What are some of the you've given us some uh some in in your ideas of writing and but what are some of the things I need to consider in my my own speaking? I'm addressing people to to be effective what are just some of the a few
0: sort of fundamental tips here sure so beyond think about who your audience is and what they need and figure out a structure that you can. Uh, employ to communicate that information, you next need to think about two things. One, how do I connect my message to my audience? How do I make it relevant for them? And there are lots of ways to do this. Many of them are linguistic, to get your audience more involved and engaged. So, for example, Bart, I could tell you the techniques involved to become an effective oral communicator, or I could say, imagine what it would be like if, And by just Uh using that language, I get you thinking, and you're more engaged and more involved. I can ask Uh you a question to help me down the path of where I want us to go. Asking you a question gets you more engaged. So once we have an understanding of our audience, we understand the structure, we then have to think about how to make it relevant. And a lot of that relevance comes by using linguistic tools to increase engagement. Another example Uh would be using analogies. Analogies are very powerful because they pull forward something you already know and link it to something you might not know. Mm-hmm. The last piece of advice I would give is be mindful of your nonverbal presence, how oh, you stand, where you direct your icon, your hand. All of that is very important in having people perceive you as credible, as authentic, as confident, and not nervous. So we need to be mindful of not just what our message is, but how we deliver that message, and that's that's a critical component to being an effective communicator.
1: Okay, so I, I think what you're saying is is I want to uh, mentally and emotionally sit in my audience's laps, but probably not physically. I think I got that. who uh, <laughs> <laughs> your audiences, Bart. Well, yeah. All right. This is this is true. I also was wondering, is about on that while we're on that subject, uh, is it all right if if you're having meetings that you 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 uh, only invite the attractive people, or is, is that probably not a good thing?
0: Well, you know, I I think you'd have to talk to your HR department about that, but <laughs> but I have a feeling that, that 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 might get you into hot water in, in a multitude oh, of ways. Yeah.
1: This is this is why oh, my God made laws. But uh, <laughs> um, you know, there's something that's, that's really bothering me about business communications today. So, I, and I'm hope, hoping you can help me out. We, we we're all caught up in the idea of don't make it effective, make it quick. Everything's got to be punchy, pithy, full of lists, soundbite, bullet points, you know, that, that, that. Uh, I'm wondering how this concept sort of came into our business lives. And is it something we should be striving for in our communication?
0: Well, I think the answer to the first part of your question, how we arrived at this point, has to do with just the overwhelming amount of information and communication we're bombarded with. In order Mm. to stand above that, and in order to parse through it, you know, th- this notion of heuristic processing where three tips on this or the seven best ways to that can stand out and, and we, gr- or we gravitate towards that. Now, I am all for concision and precision. I think being concise is really important. And if you can distill something down to uh, a useful, important uh, fact, uh, then, then do so. Uh, I am certainly not for adding extra words unless they provide value. That said, right, right. what we know about how the brain processes information is you know, we store things episodically. Way before we had books, way before we had computers, we, we passed information along through spoken stories. So when you're giving information, rather than distill it down to the top two this or the top five that, think yeah, about yeah. how could you communicate that information concisely? in a story a story has a structure it has a tail it has a takeaway so so i i believe that we can have concise and precise communication it just doesn't need to be headline
1: right right i think we yeah all, all right that's you you satisfied me <laughs> cuz i it's 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 a it's a pet peeve of mine and i think you sort of you gave it a perspective and you say yes there there is a season for it but it's not the it's not the whole season there there's, there's oh gosh Matt there's so much more I want to get into I want to talk about humor but give me uh, before we take off uh two quick things number one give me a, what give me a word about style uh, should i be emulating Teddy Roosevelt or Barack Obama uh what, what about my my speaking style just in a, a couple of sentences so,
0: so i when i get questions about style i always use the analogy of sports When we all Uh learn to play a sport, whatever that sport is, we learn the fundamentals of that sport. We learn how to position our feet, what to do with our body. And then, over time, we develop our own style. I mean, if you watch any Uh. professional baseball player, they're all swinging the bat, but they do so slightly differently. If you look at golfers, Uh same thing. So everybody develops their own style based on fundamentals that they learned. How did they come up with that style experience and watching others? So I think you should listen to Teddy Roosevelt, watch Barack Obama, see things they do that you think might feel comfortable and decent for you, and try them out. You are certainly not going to become those people. That wouldn't be authentic, nor would it be credible. But there might be certain things that they do that can become part of your own natural style. But before you jump to figuring out what your style is, develop the fundamentals first. That's how you become a better or competent speaker,
1: okay, thank you very much for that now finally uh uh I have many questions in my mind, but time for only one more. If the folks want to receive some some real valuable coaching or or
0: get a copy of a book, how can they reach you? How can they get a copy great let me Let me give two web addresses that I think can help people a lot. If you're interested in coaching and learning more about these techniques, uh, the company I run, Bold Echo Communication Solutions, is right for you. That's what we do. We run workshops and do individual coaching, and that would be very helpful, I think, as a good next step. If you're interested in the book and learning more about confident, confident speaking, a website called nofreakingspeaking.com. And that's a good resource <laughs> okay. uh to learn more in depth about the topics that Bart and I have discussed today. So again, it's boldecho.com as well as no freaking speaking dot com.
1: Matt, this this has just been wonderful for me. I've really enjoyed it and boy have I learned a lot. Uh heaven knows if I can apply it, but we do what we can. So uh anyway, I thank you very much for coming on. It has been uh wonderful for 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 all of us and, and our audience I'm sure thanks you too. Um, so now, ladies and gentlemen, as we round out today's show, allow me to leave you with today's business quotation, and in honor of Matt Abraham's book, we, we, I'm going to ask you who said he had the calm confidence of a Christian with four aces? And as a hint, uh, like the man in the quote, the humor said both this world and the next well-covered. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, just write down the uh, name and the date of the show and send that off to info at dot com. I-N-F-O at dot com to win an absolutely astounding, life-changing gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books bookstore. And finally, in, as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband... If you're really good at telling people what to do, but you wonder why they never seem to do it, just ask your spouse or teenage child. Believe me, they have the answer. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed the Art of the CEO show today as much as I have. And remember, you may download all our shows at blogtalkradio.com slash theartoftheceo. Folks, as always, it has been a privilege. I thank you.
0: celebrate that's good because santander bank is giving you more reasons to celebrate see right now santander will give you 150 dollars just for opening and using an eligible new checking account that's right you get 150 dollars when you open and use an eligible new santander checking account we're pretty excited about it too and all that celebrating you're doing well that's just music to our ears Get $150 when you open and use an eligible new Santander checking account. Limited time offer. Visit a nearby branch or go to SantanderBank.com get150 for more information. Account must have direct deposits of $500 or more within 90 days of account opening and be open for at least 90 days. Available to new checking customers only. Excludes extra 20 student and business accounts. Annual percentage yields vary. For example, as of September 9, 2015, the APY for premier checking is 0.01%. Offer expires 12 15 Santander Bank and a member FDIC.